0: Welcome to Mission Viejo Christian Church. Today, Pastor Mike Maiola is bringing the word to you. So open up your Bibles and listen in. Woo! All right, so today some baptisms right after service. So at uh, the service, the conclusion of it, I want to ask you to stay out there and just encourage these folks who are saying yes to the Lord. I you, I am looking for an explosion I'm looking for a spiritual explosion. I'm looking for the extraordinary. I am, uh, the older that I'm getting, I I do not want ordinary. I don't want ordinary church. I don't want ordinary life. I don't want ordinary life group. The the couple of groups that my wife and I have the privilege of just facilitating and loving people and letting them love us and centered around the, the word of God, I don't want ordinary. It says in the Bible in Acts chapter 4, when they gathered together in prayer, Peter and John had just been slammed by the religious world for healing somebody in Jesus' name on the streets. And they bring him in, and some of the tough and heavy religious people were saying, How, who gave you the authority to do this? And as they were humble about it, yet they were bold, man. They shared the good news of Jesus Christ. And the way they looked at it, God, whether you got us in front of dignitaries or you got us in front of whoever, God, we just, we're willing to share the good news of Jesus Christ. Yeah. And in the middle of all that, a prayer meeting started. And as they went back to it, it says, their people. Peter and John went back to their people, their family. Their prayer wasn't, well, Lord, keep them safe. We hope this never happens again. Their prayer was, whatever happens, you can read it in chapter 4. It says, God, give us the boldness through the Holy Spirit to speak your word with courage. So whether we feel like maybe we're in a prison cell, we feel like there's no way out of this, or we're in a complete place of freedom that God just let us out, whatever it is, God, I trust you because I believe you're an extraordinary God, and I believe, God, you use the ordinary to bring forth the extraordinary, and that's what I want to talk about today. Every single move of God personally which I believe, I'm praying for you, that God meets you, we meet God in a powerful way individually, that God would start a revival in you right now. And it always started with extraordinary prayer. There was always either somebody praying for someone, or we got down with God and we started praying. So before we get into the text, I just want to ask you to hold in your Bibles, turn to your Bibles. By the way, if you have one of these, we call this old school, pages turning, Acts chapter 2, I want you to go there, 42 through 47. We're winding down this series. If you have your phones, just use your phone, whatever, and if you don't have a Bible, it's okay. It's going to be up on the screen, but I, I want to read the text, and I just believe God has something different, maybe, than we've heard before out of this text to encourage us and also to spur us on, God, whatever you want to do, I'm game. I'm in. I'm all in for you, Jesus. So, When Jesus was on the earth, just a little bit of background, then I want to read this. He called Peter and James and John and Bartholomew and Thaddeus and Judas, all of them, all 12 of them, I want you to come follow me. He did not just say, believe in me and go about your life. I want you to believe in me. I want you to believe that I can, and I want you to follow me. And that's what they did, they left everything. They left their businesses. They left Some of them left their families, the comforts of home, their security. They left their 401k for a, a moment of time. They left everything to follow this itinerant preacher. When they heard him preach and they saw something in his eyes, I believe, yes, because they were Jewish, they remembered that the Messiah was to come. They recognized Jesus because of miracles. But I also believe there's a part of them that followed Jesus Because they saw the Spirit of God in him, and they felt the love of God. I didn't follow Jesus because, well, I had all the answers to my questions. I had a lot of them, but that wasn't where everything clicked, and now I follow Jesus. He touched my heart. He reached down into my heart. He cut my heart, man. I realized that I was a sinner. I had done wrong. But the the, the bad news doesn't end there. The good news is that he saved me that he reached down to me at that moment when the disciples were saying, yes, I get it, I'm following you. That's when things got crazy. Jesus is crazy good, man. <laughs> he's, I don't know how, you know, it just, he's awesome. I, excuse me, I didn't grow up like in the religious church or religious world, so I just use the words that kind of, Jesus is crazy good. He's the, he's the transformer, He is the life giver, life maker. He is the alpha, the omega, the beginning and the end. No one can impeach him. No one can vote him out of office. He will always be the authority. And so that's why it's more than just coming to a place like this. I'm glad you're here. Really. I'm glad that every single one of you is here. I need to come to a place like this to get re-energized, to hear from God, so that I can go out and win the battle. And let's face it, there are battles all week long. The enemy is after you, especially if you are a follower and not just a fan of Jesus. We got too many fans out there that just say, yeah, I believe in Jesus. Jesus was looking for more than that. Never perfection. He was looking for humble, hungry, devoted hearts. That's where the disciples were, man. Even in the midst of all their failure. They loved him. Amen. They went to the ends of the earth for him. That's why when he said, I'm leaving you. See, we, we, we read the book. We know the end of the story. What are you so stressed out for, Peter? He's coming back. They didn't, they didn't, they didn't know that. They didn't get that. So when Jesus says, I'm leaving you, It was devastating to them. I don't think it was just because they had in their mind a plan. Jesus, you're going to sit on the throne in Jerusalem, and we're going to sit on your right and on your left. We're going to have all the power with you, Lord. There were moments that they got prideful and arrogant and thought it was all about them. But I, I think the most devastating thing to them is they could not bear to stand a day without him. That's why... Coming to a life group, getting involved with a brother or sister in a group, a small group around the word. How long will we go isolating ourselves from everything else? How long will we will we try to follow Jesus by ourselves when rather just do it the way Jesus said to do it? That's why He chose twelve people. Come follow Me. So when He was leaving, they were devastated. In fact, Peter looked at Jesus square in the eye and says, no, you can't leave us. They'll kill you. You can't go to Jerusalem. It was so serious that Jesus went to Jerusalem because he knew without dying on the cross and rising again from the dead, you and I wouldn't be saved. You and I wouldn't be here. So that's why he literally looks at Peter and says, get thee behind me, Satan. It wasn't Peter. He just lost his way. And the enemy got a hold of his tongue. And that's why he says, you can't die. Jesus says, I have to, Peter, because without my death and resurrection, you won't live. God, give us a desperation in the church. Church, when we, people, we are the church. Give us a desperation for you and for your people. Break our hearts for people that are just lost, stuck just like we were lost. We were stuck. Anyone here stuck in their life and Jesus rescued you? We never ever at MVCC. if you're a member here, you're part of the family, we never consider ourselves better than anybody else because we're not. The moment we start down that trail, we've lied to ourselves and we've deceived others. we still got issues. Peter had issues. I wouldn't have picked Peter. He was a cusser. He had issues. Always talking, thinking he always had the answer, cutting off ears. I mean, he's got problems. (laughs) But amidst the 120 people that were gathered in that upper room and the 11 disciples at that time, And Mary and the women that took care of Jesus for three years huddled in that room waiting for the extraordinary. Jesus says, you go and you wait. The promise will come. I don't know if they, in their mind, they maybe thought, Jesus, you're coming back again. After he had risen from the dead, remember, three days, and then he spent 40 days with them. Now he says, you guys, go in Jerusalem and wait in the place where I took you many times for prayer go to the upper room, go to the Mount of Olives, I will send the comforter. I think maybe in their mind, cool, he's coming back again. They had no idea in that room where there were probably questions and doubts and fears. The very same thing that happened to Jesus in the crucifixion, what happened to them as they're huddled together in that room, all of a sudden they hear a wind and they see fire from heaven. And the Holy Spirit, for the first time, indwells every single one of those believers in that room. Peter flings the door open, and he sees at Pentecost, which God is so awesome, the day of Pentecost, which represents 50, they have been there for 49 days in the, what they call a the festival of weeks. They were celebrating the harvest that God brought every year for the Jewish people. And as they were having these celebrations, people came from every walk of life, every language, every culture, every nation. And so now there's thousands of people in Jerusalem. Peter opens the door and he sees a captive audience. I am so glad that Peter did not look at his relationship with Jesus as an obligation, but an opportunity because he speaks forth the word. And he tells the story of God. You can check it out in Acts chapter 2. It's, it's the first sermon that was ever given. And it wasn't in a church building. Which tells me, if you're a follower of Christ at MVCC, part of our job as pastors is to equip you because you're gifted. You have gifts that I don't have. You have contacts and relationships with people that we don't have. So we are all disciples making other, hopefully, people who fall in love with Jesus so they can become a follower of Jesus. And it's not going to be done through picketing and all that organized stuff. It's through a simple thing called loving people. That's why they followed Jesus. That's why they went to the upper room and waited. Holy Spirit comes. Peter says, Men of Israel, you just killed God's son. You know what I love about the Bible? It's just straight up straightforward. There's no gray areas. There's no mincing around. Well, we don't really want to use words like repent and sin because then people might not read it. They might get. They knew what they did. Amen. That's right. We've all done wrong. We've all messed up. And that's why they asked the question after Peter gave this huge dissertation of, of this message. Joel in the Old Testament promised. That young men would, would see, hear, see dreams and, and, and young, older men would have visions and that God would pour out His Spirit. What you're experiencing, what you're seeing, life transformation, we were, we were picker, picking fishermen and now we're able to speak the Word of God boldly. In fact, it even says in chapter 4, when other people saw Peter, James, and John and all the disciples, they knew these men had been with Jesus because they were different. You just nailed the Son of God to the cross. Remember that guy? And it says they were cut to the heart. And then they ask the question, what do we do now? We realize, you know, when you realize, when, when I realized I needed God, I realized I didn't have it all together. I got problems, I got issues, but Jesus came to forgive it all and he came to change it all and wipe the slate clean. I get to start over. Oh my gosh, this is amazing. (laughs) Repent and be baptized, every one of you, in the name of Jesus Christ. Not in a church, not in an organization, not in religion. In the name of Jesus Christ, a personal relationship with Jesus Christ. And I will give you the forgiveness of sins, Jesus says, and the gift of the Holy Spirit. That's the marker. That's what's different about these fishermen and tax collectors, these scumballs that couldn't put two and two together, cheating people, lying, stealing. They had a reputation. They were hated. But when they found Jesus, man, all of a sudden they wanted to do good. You couldn't keep these guys down because it was the same spirit that raised Jesus from the dead is now indwelling these guys. 3,000 people find Jesus three, not three, not, and we thank God for the three. If we had three people last month that come to Jesus, I thank God for every, but Lord, because you love everybody, we want more. Not 300, 3,000, and then two chapters later, 5,000? So while I'm leaving this church because people are coming and it's growing and I lose my parking spot and I lose my spot in church and I like my church and this is the way it is. I like my coffee the way I like it and latte and everything. This might not be the right church. Listen, if you don't like a growing church, you're going to have a problem in heaven. (laughs) If you love Jesus, you love people, right? Oh my gosh, we got 3,000 people. Where are we going to put them all? We got to build a building big enough to house everybody not so. It says they met in temple in the temple courts plural and in homes. Doesn't mean they didn't gather together. I'm sure there were some big gatherings, man. Nothing wrong with big ga- gatherings are great. In fact, we're all commanded the first day of the week to come together to worship God together. There's a dynamic that's really cool here that I can't get like with three or four other people. But there's also a dynamic with three or four or 12 people in a home or meeting in a small group, a life group, that that, that, that dynamic is, hey, brother, how you really doing? No, how you really doing? We can't get that on Sunday morning. Because, you see, we need both of it. And that's one of the reasons, man, the church was so, so exploding and, and lives were changed because they were so following him. And this is what was going on. Verse 42 now, with that background, it helps me understand and appreciate so much more and have a passion to see the very same thing that Jesus, you did here, you can do, same God. They devoted themselves, what? To the apostles' teaching, to the word of God, to the fellowship, to the breaking of bread and to prayer. Let's just break this down one quick second. I understand back in the day when this was written, they didn't have the book of Galatians to turn to. They couldn't turn over to 1 Corinthians 6.4. They couldn't do that. The apostles teaching. What were they teaching? If we go back to Peter's original message, he quoted from the Old Testament, right? But he also told them the gospel. You know what's amazing is the whole Bible, it's not some ancient historical book that, you know, it's just a, a book of myths and just, you know, maybe this stuff really happened, maybe it didn't. It is God's word from cover to cover. It's the story of God and how we fit into his story. That's what Peter was doing and the apostles, they'd get together in homes and they, like I said, they couldn't say, hey, turn to the book of Lamentations. They would remember the Old Testament and they would say, this is how this fits with this man, Jesus, who's God in flesh, how he died on a cross and rose again to bring us new life. They sat at the feet. Now, think about this for a second. You're in a life group, a home group, You've been meeting for a couple of years. You hear the apostle John is coming to your town. That's why, man, thousands, I believe, came to hear John. John walked with Jesus. John laid his head on the chest of Jesus at the Last Supper. John was there at the foot of the cross when Jesus died. John was there with his arm around Mary, the mother of God. John was there hurting with Jesus. He's coming to our town. Well, I don't know if we can do that. i got things to do. Uh, things are really important, you know. Man, they, they, whatever we can do to hear from God, right? right? right. Yeah. I'll tell you what, I, the reason I just want to camp here for a second, I'm looking for an awakening yeah. to God yeah. from the, God. His people first. Yeah. Yeah. When we are awakened to the Word of God, And we understand it's God's word. It's sharper than any double-edged sword. And God, I read it and do what it says. And the power of the Holy Spirit with the word, there's life change, man. What in the world has gotten into those people at Missionville Christian Church? They forgive. (laughs) At the workplace, they actually admit when they do wrong. They They actually take responsibility. They don't get defensive. They're not all that. You know, people in our company, there was a problem with one of our folks. They didn't have enough money for rent. Those Christians got together and helped. The word will start getting it out. I was just talking to a brother a little bit ago about, you know, I don't want to spend thousands of dollars on advertising our church. We have to do that because we're in social media world and I know it's a different world. But I'd rather diminish that part of our budget because you are the best advertisement for Jesus Christ. Your life, you're living, you're being a disciple, you're obedient, and you're a... Follower that's attracting other people. Right. You are a disciple making a disciple. Got it? Yeah. Second is man, they, they met together for fellowship. Fellowship doesn't mean they were talking about how I hope the 49ers beat Kansas City Chiefs. Yeah. There's nothing wrong. Hey. There's nothing wrong with that. There's nothing wrong with brothers and sisters getting together. Hey man, who who who, who do you hope wins the Super Bowl? That's okay. But their common ground, the root of what really mattered, they just talked about how wonderful Jesus is. Jesus changed, man, you know what I love? There's a few guys I get together with, and all I have to say is, what did Jesus do this week? They just start rattling off. You're not gonna believe he did this and this happened to me. And this is what all of this and I'm just like, God, you're amazing. The fellowship we share is around Jesus. Isn't it wonderful? We come from different cultures, colors, languages, backgrounds, religious backgrounds, and we all come and love Jesus, but we have the one thing in common, and that's we love Jesus with all our heart. Right? Breaking bread. Now, here's the fun part. Anyone here like to eat? I love it. It's fun. in and out Burger for Jesus, man. It wasn't just, you know, three minutes that they did this together where they passed. And there's nothing wrong with doing that. We do that because we we do what Acts chapter 20, verse 7 says. The first day of the week, they broke bread together. Okay, they did that because we want everything that we do on Sunday morning for the hour and 15 minutes to focus on the cross. It's all, why am I here? Because Jesus, when I take the communion, I remember he died for me. He rose again. I love him. I'm going to keep living for him. See how that works? But this context, they met in homes, they had meals together probably for like hours. And they brought food and they enjoyed eating together and talking about Jesus. Talking about how wonderful he is. How they longed to see him one day in heaven. So they were doing that regularly. And then of course, oh man, this is awesome. They were praying together. Before God ever brought a revival, He always set someone or some people who really believed that God worked through prayer, He set them praying. Extraordinary prayer. That, that's why you, you got to come Tuesday night. Clear your schedule. It's one hour for the entire month. We do this the last Tuesday of every month. We just come together for a prayer meeting and we pray for an hour because we want so much to see God do something great here in Mission Viejo in South County. We're believed that the more we come together and ask Jesus and align ourselves with the Bible, he's going to do it. We're not going to say, now you pray and you pray and you pray and you have to do this. Some people just come and they sit silently and they just pray because they want to be in a place for one hour where there's prayer going on. You just come. Just be here. I believe, come to prayer meeting, your life will change. That's right. Amen. It'll change. The miracles were happening in Acts. We read this. Miracles, signs, and wonders. Everyone, catch that, everyone was filled with awe, man. Everyone, and this is the coolest part they gave to everyone that had need. Isn't that cool? It really is fun to give, isn't it? God knew that, that's why He said, I don't need your money. God doesn't need a reoccurring giving. My wife are on reoccurring giving. So many of you, I'm so grateful on reoccurring giving. because oh, God's number one in our life. We just give 10%. We give back to the kingdom and I get blessed. I trust God. We just do that because we know that's what God wants us to do. And we live, we get to live with all these wonderful things that he lets us live with 90%. He lets me keep 90%. My whole mindset is it's his anyway. Then it's not a big deal. When somebody needs something, and just trust. This weekend, someone needed something, and I felt like the Lord was telling me to give the whole $54 that were in my my wallet. 50 or 54 bucks, I don't remember what it was. And and you know, there was a part of me, because I lived a life, before I met Jesus, I was very selfish. My life was all about me. So there's that struggle of, if I do... When you start asking yourself questions and talking yourself out of it, you cut yourself off from a blessing i heard on the patio a couple weeks ago someone who i was over here in a conversation i was eavesdropping as your pastor <laughs> about how they gave and i pulled that person aside and i said get ready ready for what you're going to get blessed it might not be money it might might be something far more better right. right so here's the stuff that was going on question is why was it going on there in such a dynamic way Okay, just stay with me in this. Okay, we're in Acts two forty-two through forty-seven. You got it? Okay, let's jump over in our mind, and you can turn over there if you want. But I'm just going to tell the story. Luke five one through eleven. Could it be that when Peter flings the door open and sees thousands of people, and now Christianity is overtaking the city of Jerusalem, and it wasn't by force, it wasn't because they were picketing, and everybody, oh, okay, I guess we'll do the church thing. People were flocking in, man, because I've tried the world. That's right. It hasn't worked for me, but what you're doing, it works. That's right. So, Peter, could it be three years ago, I was on the fishing dock. Just stay with me in this. I was on the fishing dock, and I remember I came up empty. You remember this? Went out fishing, throw the net out. I mean, these guys did this for their livelihood. They were were professional fishermen. He goes out, they catch nothing. In fact, they're out all night long. All night caught nothing. Came back, and it wasn't just one boat, because we know that Peter, James, and John hung out together, and then they had their father, who had a business, so multiple boats, man. Peter had it going on bringing all these boats back in early in the morning, Jesus comes to the Sea of Galilee. Isn't it so cool when you do some study? The Sea of Galilee was the lowest elevated place in that area. Jesus comes to the lowly places (laughs) where he does his best work, right? These guys were empty, failures, mistakes. And I got to believe because we see other places where Peter just had a mouth that when he came in, he was mad. Came into the docks that morning. Crowds of people everywhere. Why? Because Jesus was in town. It says there were crowds everywhere. Get out of the way. I got nothing. You little people out of the way. I didn't get my quota. Could you hear him screaming and yelling, I'm not going to cuss because that's what he did. He was a cusser. He comes into the dock and Jesus says, I like your boat, bro. Isn't it wonderful when you met Jesus, he didn't say, how come you did all those terrible things? I condemn you. uh uh-uh. oh. What do you got? Oh, yeah, the boat. That represents my failure. That represents my emptiness. That represents all the times I tried to get someone else or something to fill the hole in my heart. It doesn't work. Jesus, you're my only hope, man. Now, this is the, this is, this is the weird, weird part. When, sorry, when I read the Bible, there's just some weird parts in there. I want your boat. And he stepped into the boat. Remember the story? And he teaches. Some of you might remember this. He teaches from the boat because crowds are everywhere. Now, I've passed over that many times, but for some reason, I don't know, man. I just think, what if you leave the second service today after you watch the baptisms, right? Because we're going to support everybody who gets baptized, right? And so you walk out to your car and, you yeah, know, that's a nice looking Maserati next to mine. I like that Audi. What if, what if you just got in the car and you just sat there and then the person who owns the car comes up and, hey man, what are you doing? It's my car. He says, well, I happen, you say, I happen to notice the sticker MVCC on the back and I need your car. Because we're going to pick up kids next week for Sunday school. And we're going to bring people to church. I need your car. I mean, that's really what Jesus did. I need your boat, man. In fact, after Jesus finished speaking, crowds were, because he spoke life. Good news. Hey, Peter, come over here. He loved his response. you got to look this up. Just Take some notes. Write this down. Luke 5, 1 through 11. Come on, Lord. We've been out all night. We we were already out there. I'm on this thing every day. I know where all the schools are. There's nothing out there right now. This is what I love. But because, verse 5, but because you said so, because you said so, I'll do it. Come on, I don't understand it. I don't like it. I'm tired. This is uncomfortable. I have to go out. We just got all the nets dried out. We got to go out again. I got to spend money on my crew. But because you said so. God, help me to get to a place of maturity where I can obey you even though I don't want to. Ever ever been in a place, you've been following Jesus for years, man. And there's something in the Bible he's been telling you to do, and you don't want to do it. Oh, I guess I'm the only one. I thought we were real love on mission. Be real, right? This is the mark of maturity right here. Can I take him at his word and not just go, hey, that was a nice word, Jesus. Yeah, I believe you. I'm willing to step out and trust you, God, even though I don't understand it. I don't like it. I like your boat. I like your weaknesses. I saw all your failures. I saw all your striving. I saw the tiredness. I've seen it all. Just trust. The story is awesome. They go out, and they catch a boatload full of fish. Isn't it cool, man? When you get hooked up with Jesus, he knows where all the fish are right? Those of you in business, well, I'm just on this on my own. I just got to figure this out. No, you're not. Jesus said, never will I leave you, never forsake you. Oh, I thought that was just for when I was in church for an hour and 15 minutes. No, that means in your business, in your retirement, in your school, in your dating relationship that you hope this is the one, or if you'd like to be, this is the one for me, but I don't have that one yet, and you're praying on it. God knows where the fish are, baby, right? So I want to get hooked up with him. Things happen when we let Jesus in our boat. Now, Peter still had a choice to make. That's my boat, Jesus. Go take the other. There were other boats. What if Peter would have said, eh, not me? I mean, that's real, right? What if Peter said, I don't have time. I got to, I got, you know, I... Oh, we don't want to be too busy Well, we miss God doing something. I don't want to be so preoccupied with this world that I miss an opportunity. Not an obligation, but an opportunity, which leads to number one. If you're taking some notes, I just want you to grab onto a few things here. A healthy Christ-following community is marked by a continual devotion to the Lord. The Greek word for devotion in that verb tense means continual. It wasn't just, well, I, I accepted Jesus when I was 12. I, I, I got baptized. I did that. It's, that's great that you did that, but it's every day now. Every day. God, how can I devote myself to what you want and what your purposes are, God? Have we forgotten? Have we gotten so old and spiritually crusty that we forgot Psalm 24:1, The earth is the Lord's and everything in it everything in it. It's all God's. Now I can say that or I can live that. My son sold, one of my boys, Jonathan sold, was selling his uh, uh, Toyota 4Runner. So the guy came to the house, you know, Craigslist, you can offer up all that stuff and you got people who call and never show up. This guy came, brought the cash and said, great, it's yours, you can have it, everything's fine. And we even told him some of the things that needed to be fixed on it. That night, got a phone call from the guy. Ever on your phone, you see somebody that calls, oh no as soon as he called i got this pit in my stomach and he said i changed my mind i don't like it so my first reaction you bought it baby you signed you signed a bill of sale as is my son is watching You know, the Lord really convicted me and asked me the question, have you ever bought something and changed your mind? And you needed mercy and grace? You can bring it back. We'll give you the money back. Did we lose money on the deal? Yep. Did we have to take another three weeks to try and sell it again and we didn't get as much as we wanted? Yep. Yep. One day when I leave the earth, I want my boys, my dad tried to follow Jesus. Have I forgotten that everything I have is his? So when we are renovating and building a bigger children's ministry, which we're going to be doing this year, which I'm totally excited about, because we want more children here if you're 55 and older, we still love you. <laughs> but if we don't reach children and families, they're going to carry on the baton one day. It takes money to, to build a place so kids will come in and want to bring their friends. And when they come in, wow, God is so cool. I want to bring my friends. And then things start to grow, right? right. And so it, we're going to ask us to, we're, I'm going to ask you to sacrifice. Oh, of course, of course I will, because God's first. It's not mine anyway. I'm managing it. I'm not asking you to sell your house and sell everything and you know live on the street. They still had what they had. They just gave out of God's abundance. So, because you said so, I'll do it. Which leads to number 2. An extraordinary life is marked by a continual devotion to one another. See? One another. One another how in the world am I going to do one another's if I just watch church online every day, right? Nothing wrong with doing that because sometimes we're sick or vacation or emergencies and we can't get to services and I want to catch that word. Good, good. we got to upgrade all of our cameras and everything because we want the word to get out. You never know who's surfing online and may hear the gospel and get saved. But if we don't physically come together or we're not in a life group together, a small group, I can't do the one another's with you. I'm limited in that. They sold their property and possessions and gave to anyone as he had need. Jesus didn't say, follow me on Instagram. He said, follow me, right? Number three is this. An extraordinary life is marked by continual devotion to the world around us. There are people that are hurting and dying on the inside And we're worried about whether we got everything we need. They made a decision in the church that I don't agree with it. I'm leaving. Oh, my gosh. No, please. If Jesus said do it, we're going to do it. And it may be uncomfortable to do it. They were in the Word. They were in fellowship. Koinonia, that Greek word koinonia, they shared Jesus in common. They had feasts where they brought all kinds of food, and they were praying for each other. <coughs> Following Jesus together means power. Yes, that's right. You know what's it's interesting to me? When you read that list, apostles' teaching, fellowship, breaking of bread, prayer, right? Apostles' teaching, fellowship, breaking of bread, prayer. Apostles' teaching, blah, 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 blah. the first one is the word. The word. Over my lifetime in working and loving Jesus, I've seen people come and go and it's a tragedy when I see people who fall in love with Jesus and then they get taken by the enemy or they just cool off and they just don't come anymore or they don't love Jesus anymore. Part of that is a responsibility that I have and we have to give them the word so it takes root. The word is sharper than any double-edged sword cutting to the very heart and soul and bone and marrow. It does a work in the heart that no man can do and it's powerful when we read it and do it. I heard this really cool story. I want to share it with you to encourage you that when you're in a life group with someone or you are here on Sunday morning and we say, turn to Galatians, you know, 3-1. I open my word, got to get that word because it's my sword. It's powerful. The Gideons, familiar with the Gideons organization? They have a vision. They want every single household in America to have a Bible. That's why when you walk into a hotel, you open the drawer and see the Bible. It's the Gideons. I love them. First service, we have a guy who works for, for the Gideons. I love that guy. He and his wife sit over on that side. They're just here to love and worship God. Probably walked with Jesus for 80 years, man. So someone comes to the Gideon representative and says, can I have a Bible? And there was something kind of shifty. There was something kind of weird. Like the Holy Spirit was speaking to this guy. Ask him another question. Like, why does he want a Bible? He doesn't normally do that. But for this case, he said, why do you want the Bible? He says, well, honestly, the thin paper... I roll my cigarettes with it. And I smoke. So that's why I want a Bible. Now his first reaction might have been what? No way, dude. Go get your zigzags. It's somewhere else. No in the Bible for that. So something within him, the Holy Spirit just said, yeah, give it to him. But ask him this question. Before you roll, I want you to promise me That you'll read everything on that page. (laughs) So, after he smoked Matthew through Luke, (laughs) this is a true story, man. He got to John, and when he got to John 3, he read, For God so loved the world, he gave his one and only Son, whoever believes in him shall not perish, but have what? Eternal life. And the the greatest part of that is verse 17. God did not send his son into the world to condemn the world, but to save the world. The guy reads it. He finds Jesus, accepts Jesus, and his whole life changes. The power of the word. The word is powerful. And when we obey the word, wow. Now, to wrap this up, because I got to be done in one minute. What are we going to do? I always like real practical teaching. I listen to about 10 different sermons a week because I just just want to keep learning and growing. Ask God this week, what things am I really devoted to first? What things am I really devoted to first in my life? And secondly, ask God to help me make the shift in my life that puts his kingdom first. Now, the reason I'm asking every one of us to sincerely ask that of God, because it's going to be different for each of us. Some of you right now, come on, let's just be honest. If you're, I'm just talking to members now. If you're visiting with us, I'm not going to yell at you. But if just, you've been a member, you've been about this church, and you just, nah, I don't really need that life group stuff, you got to get in one. God's been speaking to you about that. Because that's where we really grow. Well, I don't really want to grow. if your kids say to you when they're little I don't want to grow daddy I don't want to grow mommy you're growing (laughs) just eat the food get the sleep you're growing because that's naturally what we do right right? so I'm just thinking here to close this out remember the we go back to Luke 5 Peter I like your boat bro because it represents your messed upness and I'm still going to use you. <laughs> the guy gets up and preaches the first sermon, man. 3,000 people get saved and baptized. Dude, they must have been baptizing people for hours. Awesome. Moses, Charlton Heston. See if you, just see if we're awake still, okay? We've all seen, you know, most if you're an American, you've seen the Ten Commandments with Charlton Heston, right? He goes up the mountain. He goes up Mount Sinai by himself to get this word on these tablets from God. Moses, you can't look at me, man. You cannot be face to face with me. So I'm going to hide myself. You are in the cleft of the rock because if you looked at me face to face, you wouldn't be able to handle it. Right? But then a hand appears and writes. I mean, it must have been amazing to be there fire and smoke and the power of God, man. And he's up there, and the Ten Commandments are written. He gets the tablets, and he comes down, and he's making his way. I don't know how long it took him to get down, but I'm sure it wasn't a few steps. It took him a while. He's got a lot of things to think about. I don't know if one of those thoughts, sorry, just think about this stuff. We got a team of guys that that get together every week around my message, and they offer up these, you know, things what if out here, what if God is saying this, and what what if this really happened? What if Moses came down the mountain and as he was looking at the tablets at that one point, he remembered, Thou shalt not murder. And all of a sudden he stops. He remembers he killed an Egyptian and buried him in the sand and tried to cover it up. He remembered he was an orphan son of a pharaoh, feeling displaced, feeling like his his life didn't mean anything. I I don't know if he thought about that. I I like to think that there was something that struck him as conviction, but then in the overwhelming moment, understanding that God is a God who can make a way, and he can still use Moses. comes down and most of us know the story, partying everywhere, complete disobedience, disregard for God and His Word, naked. It was a mess. And he picks up the tablets. He's so frustrated, he smashes the tablets down out of his frustration. Aaron, I left you with these people, and this is what you've done? This is what... Did you see what I want you to see here? Moses, I can still use you. Even though he didn't get to go into the promised land, he still was God's man. Peter, I like your boat, bro. All the stuff that happened on your boat that you don't want to talk about, I know it all and I forgive it all. And I'm going to use you, baby. I'm going to use you like you've never participated in anything ever before. So that's it. That's what we get to do. We get to participate in what God's doing. And there were miracles and signs and wonders, and God added daily to those being saved. Wow. You ready? Let's do it together, right? So when we leave here today, you're going to go out and stand there, and I know it's cold. I know. But there are people that have given their heart to Jesus. And what's, what's greater than that? You pray for that person. When they're coming up out of that water, we don't want one person to fall through the crack spiritually. We want everyone to be a disciple. Lord, I see this person going down. This is a glorious thing. Who can I bring, God? Who can I pick up and bring here to MVCC one day? Who can I love out there? Who can I be Jesus to, Lord, that someone needs to know your love and step into relationship? So, Lord, I love you. We love you, God. Lord, at the end of the day, we just want to be a church that's known by they loved God and love people. And so, God, I pray if there's anyone here today that's confused about, God, you loving them or maybe doubting that or just resisting it, I pray, God, you break through their heart right now. You're a miracle-working God, and I pray you can do it right in this hour, right in this moment to receive Jesus Christ as their Lord and Savior. I'm sorry, Lord, for my sin. I'm sorry I've made mistakes. I've failed. Forgive me, God, from my heart. I want to change. I'm ready now to make a change, to follow you. And God, for those of us who had made that commitment already, received you, God, and having the assurance of eternal life, my greatest fear, God, is that we take that too lightly. And instead of just coming to this place, that now I see myself as a disciple maker following you jesus along the way of life and participating in what you're doing god use me use my boat it's all yours god we wait anticipating extraordinary things god this is our prayer and our passion today in jesus name amen amen so this morning you know we're so glad you were able to join us today If you'd like more information on this teaching or any other teaching, check out our website at mvcchome.org.